Welcome to the Off the Bench Podcast, home of all things sports here in the Central Valley. Make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench. All right, welcome back to the Off the Bench Podcast, Jason. Episode 37. Do we have to talk about football right now? It's a tough one. Man, Fresno State, the epitome of playing down to their opponent, just did not look good this week. Well, it almost looked like, all right, for how bad they played, right, you blew that lead. It looked like, all right, here comes Jake Hayner driving them down the field. Game-winning touchdown. You know what I'm saying? Like it looked, it it looked like all right. Here comes the heroics. It was about to happen. Like whatever, you know, all goes just, through the receiver's hand. Yeah, it's just you know, like yeah, just. But Hawaii, for some reason, Hawaii is always a tough place to play. Um, you know, it's just and it's just yeah, it's it's one of those things. Um, but you give credit to like you know, Jake took some shots. He did. He took some shots. Uh, gutted some things out. Um. But yeah, that last throw, it went through the receiver's hands a little out in front of him. But um, but yeah, it looked for sure, you know, it, for all the mistakes that they had, you're like, oh, I was going to get washed. You felt like it was just going to get washed away. Yep. It, uh, you know, you just can't, you can't play with fire that much. You got, you can't rely on, you know, the quarterback having a miraculous last second comeback. And, you know, at some point, it, you know, you know it's going to bite you when you do that every time. It yeah. bit the Bulldogs. It's probably going to bite the Raiders at some point because they keep doing it with Derek Carr. But, uh, yeah, yeah I'm, you know, I'm over it. Hopefully the uh, hopefully they can get it figured out and make a run at the Mountain West. But uh, all this talk of national, you know, whatever, rankings and all that, okay, time to yeah. move on. Well, my Kentucky Wildcats had a huge win against Florida, and that's really at the end of the day, that's what I cared about. You, uh, you had a much better evening than I did. Yes. Yeah. You were, uh, you were uh, pretty ecstatic texting. By the way, <laughs> you texted. You're like, no big deal. But uh, Kentucky won. Yep. <laughs> super happy. Super pumped. Uh, it's the first time they'd beaten Florida at home since 1986. Sheesh. So. Yeah, big win. Yep, big win for the program. Uh, it's only the fourth time in 70 years Kentucky has started off 5-0 and in football. So, yeah, it's uh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Basketball school is doing big things in football. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> also talking about big things, also starting off 5-0, and Trent Tompkins, UC Davis Aggies, 5-0, and first time since 2004. He uh, had another 4-for-4 passing, 45 yards and a touchdown, plus a team-high 85 yards rushing. Yeah, it's it's no it's no no secret that uh you know Trent's Trent's winning right. The kid, that's all the kid knows. Swiss Army knife. Yeah. I'm telling you, the guy does it all. He Trent does it. does it all. And then also, I don't know if you saw uh, Madera South high school or a quarterback from Madera South uh, playing at New Mexico State. Oh. Also played at Fresno City. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Jonah Johnson. Jonah Johnson. Yeah, yeah. Had a game three touchdown passes versus San Jose State. With you know, I thought I was like, oh wow, did not. Uh, so shout out to Jonah Johnson versus San Jose State, thirty-seven to thirty-one. Yeah, kid, uh, kid went, you know, took the long route, went to Fresno City College, had yeah. a good career there. Um, yeah, yeah, good kid. My my brother's actually friends with him. Went to high school with him. Oh, so, nice. Yeah, good kid over there. Um, yeah, lots of uh, lots of lots of scores, you know, this week in high school football. Yeah, shockingly, most of these games actually got played. Yeah, with There's that some, air and some bad air, but uh, and it's oof. still bad. It's awful. Yeah, right the now. ash. You can see the ash falling. Yeah. So, but no. Yeah, it was uh, some games did get canceled though. There was uh, who was it? Mission Oak versus Porterville. 
got canceled. Yeah, I think I saw their coach saying they were the only game in the section canceled or something. Yeah. Uh, there was an eight-man game. Fresno Christian got canceled yep. Saturday night. Yes. Yes. Um, but, yeah, most of these games, you know, they were – they were able to play a little later into the evening, and yeah. when they and it was league play, league a lot of you know every I think most schools started league play this past week, so you had yeah. you know some big games have been uh, big league league rivalries. Yeah, Sanger Edison, Sanger was able you know start off with a win. Memorial put a beat down on your uh, Coyotes. Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. And the, um, the big one though was uh, in the track. Yes, Central beating uh, Clovis High. Yeah, twenty. It was twenty-seven to twenty there. Yeah, and uh, you know we talked a lot about this over the weekend on the radio show, um, and we'll have that coming out this week. The mm-hmm. audio from that, but uh, yeah, it was. Uh, you know, we we were able to chat with about half the Clovis. They're the Central defense there. Yeah, we got pretty much their D line. Uh, you know, had uh, Hunter uh, last name Hunter uh, Gaines. Uh, we had Hunter, and then we had uh, another outside linebacker in Gaines. Hunter's a DN. We had Gaines, and we had the Shelton twins. And yeah. Um, but yeah, they just, you know, all those kids had an impactful game on that and, you know, they're ready for, uh, their showdown this Thursday with Buchanan, but yeah, they got that big win against Clovis high. Um, but then, uh, Clovis North, I was surprised with that score against Clovis East. I was definitely surprised. Clovis East has been playing good football this year. Playing really good football. They were coming off of a loss to Sanger, but Sanger's no jokes. No, Sanger's a good team. Yeah, that was, uh, that was surprising. Clovis North getting a big win there, 23-6 over, over East. So. And then Fresno High McLean had a close one. Yeah, a little barn burner there. Yeah. 20 to 18, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. Sunnyside beat Roosevelt 36 to 18. And once again, I gotta give a shout out to Das Palace. Beaten, you know, with another win, them and Fireball both got wins. So you know, I got to give a shout out to them as well. This is uh, this is not the week I want to be uh, talking about Fireball. By the way, <laughs> bit of a rival. We go. I got to go out there on Tuesday. Okay. <laughs> and then Kingsburg, uh, they won. You know, it's always they're you know one of those teams that you keep an eye on. And Shafter beat McFarland forty-eight zero. That was Shafter just beating up on people. Yeah, and you know I've been paying. Paying a little closer attention to, to Sunnyside, too. Uh, 36-18 win over Roosevelt. But uh, just kind of curious what, what the Sunnyside team can do because that was who, uh, you know, D6 uh, Strathmore came in and beat a couple weeks ago. Okay. So I was just, you know, just keep my eye over there to see oh, what, how good is the Strathmore team. But, um, yeah, you mentioned Dos Palos, 35 nothing over Mendota. Um, blowout again, man. Minarets 50, Parler 0. Uh, some of these... Some of these small school games can get a little lopsided yep. quick. Yep. And then I saw Tulare Union beat Menachee 26 to 0. And I'm wondering because, you know, Mission Oak is in Tulare. Yeah. Menachee's in Porterville, but yet Mission Oak and Porterville did not play. So I'm wondering if it was yeah. vice versa or are they, are they different school districts? Um, Menachee, right. you know, I don't know how that works. You know, I don't know if they're in different school districts. So that might play, you know, play a part of it. But. I just thought that was interesting that Tulare Union and Menachee played, whereas Mission Oak is in Tulare, Porterville, Menachee's in Porterville, but Mission Oak and yeah, even Tulare Western played too, fifty six twenty one over Delano. Okay, but I mean it could have been in Delano. Who knows? Yeah, I, I don't know exactly where these games took place. Yeah, but and then Bakersfield Christian beat Independence. Good to see Bakersfield Christian bouncing back. Yeah, bouncing back there with a with a nice win there. So yeah, lots of uh, lots of football games, high school games this week, and uh, but most importantly. The big one coming up this yeah week. this Thursday and what's uh fourteen thirty is going to be uh, broadcasting that show so yeah fourteen thirty catch the catch the uh, game Thursday night on uh right here on four or not here yeah. catch it on fourteen thirty with uh, with Gonzo and uh, probably Paul Metters there yeah. so 
I think yeah. Gabe's going to be on it as well. I think it's going to be those three. Yeah, so that's uh, it's a game everyone's been waiting for. It's man. the big one, man. It's, it's the game everyone's been waiting for. You know what was uh, what was Central's tagline this year? Here to take back what's ours. Yeah, take back what's ours. They feel like something was was taken from them last year in the uh, weird spring league there, and yep. uh, you know they're not they're they're coming for for Buchanan. So and it's no joke. It's a big game. Both teams are absolutely loaded. So yeah. Uh, I can't wait to see just how, how that one plays out because it's a uh, man. What a, it's going to be a heck of a game. So baseball season, regular season is coming to an end. Yeah, your we, Braves had a local guy. Yeah, Dylan Lee, Dinuba kid, uh, former Dinuba Dinuba high guy and Fresno State Bulldog, got to make his debut over the weekend for the Braves. So yeah, they uh, they had called him up last week in uh, in Arizona, didn't get to pitch, sent him back down, and then after the Braves clinched the division. They called him right back up and got him in there, and he had his first his, his debut MLB debut, and uh, it went well. He, I think, there was a runner on first. He induced a ground ball double play, nice, and then struck out the next batter to get out of the inning. So, nice job for Dylan. And yeah, I, that's awesome. I've never spoken with the man, but uh, everybody I know that has just talks highly, highly of this kid. So, yeah, it's cool to see, especially when it's your, you know, it's my my favorite baseball team. Yeah, and, uh, getting to see some local flavor there. Braves always have a little bit of local flavor. You know Terry Pendleton's back in the day, yeah. Fresno oh. State third baseman, yeah. Fresno State guy, longtime Braves assistant coach, and even our, you know, Bobby Cox, Bobby Cox, a Reedley well, guy, so, yeah. Selma, Selma Reedley, something like yeah. that. So, yeah, there's always a little bit of Valley Valley connection there, but uh, yeah, go Braves! They just clinched the division, and uh, man, hopefully Dylan Lee can uh, can make it stick because uh, that'd be awesome. Dinuba got some kids, you know, some big time athletes. Yeah, Marcus McMarion came out of there, and. You know, led the Bulldogs to a to a Mountain West championship, and Dylan Lee doing big things now. So, and he's just a another in a long list of bull, former Bulldog baseball players that are up in the bigs right now. So, yeah, really cool. Always cool seeing that list of Bulldogs get bigger there. But uh, yeah, so we we're gonna get you to a to an interview coming up here. What do we got coming up today, Jason? I think we have uh, Spencer Sue. Yeah, Spencer Sue, uh, Central Kid. Yeah, played at UCLA. The, um, the list of dudes this dude played with in college. And mind you, he was a walk-on. Yeah, who's, you know, he's about 5'8". On a good day. Yeah, but <laughs> probably literally one of the best verticals to ever come out of uh, this section. Yeah, we got a little, we found a little video of him on YouTube, and we're going to put that out on Twitter, too. He uh, He's kicking the net, man. Unbelievable vertical. Just kid dude could jump yeah um but yeah just you know goes the you know goes plays basketball played at central goes you know goes on and play ucla played a little you know professionally overseas worked for the memphis grizzlies you know did a lot of you know did a lot of great things yeah kind of kind of did it all there and uh i i'd never it's crazy you'll hear it in the interview but i've never heard of anybody going to ucla who didn't understand (laughs) what he was walking into didn't understand the history of the program yeah thing but uh, it probably helped him because he, you know, if you know all the history, you can be a little bit more nervous about yes. things. But yeah, really, really fun conversation with Spencer Sue, and uh, you know, just a former former Valley kid, played at Central High, and uh, you know, dude did some big things. Played with unbelievable players and athletes at, at UCLA. So you had Kevin, you had the Kevin Loves over there, the Russell Westbrook, yeah. the Darren Calls, and you know, like yeah, just it was it was the era of re, yeah you know, of UCLA. Ben Howland was taking those guys in you know Final Fours. So yeah, so it was a lot of fun, a lot of fun getting to chat with uh with with Spencer there. So we're gonna get you right out to that. But before we uh before we sign off here, just gotta encourage you guys. Thank first of all, thank you so much for listening, guys. We are uh, we are loving doing this show, 
and uh, now even doing the radio show too with uh, with 1430 ESPN. And uh, but if we can just encourage you, you know, as you're listening to this, go go ahead and hit that hit the subscribe button. We're trying to you know get some of those subscribe numbers up, and uh, you know just be, that way we can track just how many of you guys are out there and how many of you guys are listening and whatnot. So go ahead and hit the subscribe button right now. And, uh, you know, let us know on Twitter that you're subscribed. So, sound good? Um, yeah. Let's go. Uh, let's let's get to the uh, interview here with Spencer Sue right here on Off the Bench. All right, welcome back to the Off the Bench podcast, Jason. Jumping into the basketball world today, I'm excited to hear some uh, some fun stories out of, out of uh, UCLA land here today. So, uh, yeah, we're we're excited about this guest. Oh, I'm extremely excited. Um, when you think of basketball players and you think of exactly of uh, playing basketball at UCLA, you're not thinking of this man and definitely how tall he is. <laughs> Spencer Sue is not the typical like six five, six six person you would think when you think of UCLA basketball, but probably might have one of the best verticals that ever come out of Fresno. That's for sure. Spencer, how are you doing today? Doing well, doing well, guys. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, you know, let's, uh, let's go back to the beginning. You did come out of Fresno before the UCLA days, but uh, where'd, you, where'd you go to high school? So I went to uh, Central High um, under uh, Tony Anderson. Okay. And uh, for my senior year, it was uh, Jeff Young. So grew up grew up going to Central pretty much. Um, honestly, though, I you you mentioned the the height thing. Uh, I don't know if to be like if that's a, a positive thing coming out <laughs> like uh, or or a, or a negative thing. But yeah, I'm uh, five eight on a good day. Um, may may or may not have been listed in high school as five ten, but definitely wasn't that that tall. Well, you always played taller than your stature, so that's for sure. Yep. So, so yeah, let's, let's jump back into where, where it all started, honestly. Um, I actually did um, martial arts growing up. Started off with, like, Taekwondo. Okay. Um, and I didn't actually play um, organized basketball until sixth grade. Um, one of my close friends, Quincy Pondexter, um, went to the elementary school with him, um, ran, ran into him one day, and he's like, oh, you want to play basketball? You should, you should play, try for our uh, all-star team. And it was the first time I've ever heard of, like, organized AAU outside of like my elementary school uh, basketball and it was funny because the, the team had already been practicing practicing for a month it was like Central's AAU program and uh, somehow he convinced the coach or he, he told me he's like yeah I'm cool with the coaches like well I'll, I'll get you a tryout <laughs> well the guys like didn't know what to expect either but they were like hey if you can make a left-handed layup you, you could be on the team well I couldn't make a left-handed layup but I was faster than everyone so they ended up uh, um, using me and like letting me run with them for that, for that uh, season as my first, first organized basketball, just because I was fast. And I'm telling you, man, I could only play defense. I could not score. I could not uh, do anything else. So the speed and the athleticism definitely helped um, get me into organized basketball. So who else was there besides Quincy? Was there anybody else that uh, on that central AU team that in, you eventually played with in high school? Yeah. Uh, Jordan Ambers would be the other one. Okay. Um, that, that you guys would know. And then a couple of my friends that didn't play after, uh, Brennan Freya and, um, what's it called? Nick Robles. Um, just, just, just some other, my guys. That, that I know Nick. There. I know Nick, uh, played a long time against his older brother, Ryan. Yep. Yep. Um, yeah, those are, those are the main, main guys there. And then Ruben Zavala, um, 
was was one of my other close friends. He ended up passing right after college, but uh, uh, had to give him a shout out. Nice. Um, yeah. So so go, going from there, like that was my first like intro to like central basketball with the whole system, uh, whatnot, and obviously it was under like Tony Anderson. Um, and honestly, because I was so bad, I, w- I would probably make like five or six breakaway steals and miss all the layups, but maybe get like four points for the game. Um, but but it was it, again, it was my first first introduction. I think my first game, I scored a uh, a rebound off a of free throw for the other team. I was so excited, I got the rebound, just put it up. It was the wrong wrong basket. So it was it was definitely like an embarrassing start to to, to the basketball world. Um, That's like the stuff but, you see in movies. <laughs> Hundred percent, but it was it was me. And mind you, like I was little then too, so I was like five, five foot one. Everyone else was like five eight. Quincy was probably like six foot by that time already. Um, but yeah, so just just being in, at that program, I was I was just getting my feet wet with basketball. But the funny thing is, um, I just had the effort, right? Like like um, I, I was I was I only had one speed, hundred thirty percent. So I, so one thing I took pride in was beating everyone on like liners. And one day, uh, Quincy's dad, Roscoe, saw me beating everybody, and he pulled me aside and he said, "Spencer, oh, sorry, I got to do his voice. Spencer, <laughs> you teach my boy how to run as fast as you, and I'll teach you how to play basketball." <laughs> and I was like, "Okay, like that's weird." But so Roscoe and Quincy kind of took me under um, as I was getting up from like sixth, seventh, and eighth grade, um, and I did a lot of workouts with them. <laughs> sorry about my dog. Oh, um, and that's and that's where like. I started developing the skills and whatnot for, for what we needed to do. Um, but yeah, that was my first touch with, with Quincy. And honestly, I, I give my, my, a lot of credit to him for everything I've, I've been able to do with basketball. Dang. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you go, you're playing central, right? You're playing for Tony Amundsen, right? How, like, how are your guys? You guys are always a solid team. Just talk about your, you know, your first three years in high school. Yeah. yeah. So my, my first year I broke my arm. Uh, was una- unable to play um, half the season, but I played freshman freshman that year. Um, over the summer, I got in um, to a lot of like the summer league games. I played up, I played as much as I could JV and varsity games. Uh, JT Taylor uh, took me under his wing and like really vouched for me for like practices and whatnot, and actually got me some opportunities to play in front of uh, Anderson as a sophomore. Um, and again, I think the work ethic and the the defensive um, aspect kind of like plugged me in and, and it gave me a look. Uh, so I was able to play varsity my sophomore year uh, with like JT Taylor, uh, Pat Coop, Rick Cardoso, those, that, that team. We got to give a shout out to my man, Pat Diag. Got to give a shout out to Pat Diag. Got it. Got it. Got to give. Got to give. <laughs> so, so, so if anything, if anything, Pat Diag was, was also taken under my wing, also a fellow uh, Asian, Asian Hooper <laughs> in uh, Fresno. So I got to give, give love to him. Uh, but yeah, like all, all the guys really took me in. Um, obviously like helped helped me become a better scorer because again all i was was just fast i was fast and and worked hard that was it what was um, it oh go ahead oh go, yeah so um go, going from that like just just from my sophomore and, and junior years we we did pretty well um we won track that my sophomore year with with jt and coop um and amazon was really impactful for a lot of the work ethic and teaching us how to work, but also how to be like good human beings off the court. Um, so I, I developed a really good relationship with Anderson. So it was pretty crushed when he got a job opportunity to go with uh, Fresno City College. Um, so my senior year, he didn't coach us. 
So, um, and that's when Jeff Young stepped in. Talk about that. Yeah, because that's, you know, it's always tough. You know, you're going in your senior year. Definitely you've played in this system since you were in sixth grade. And then all of a sudden you come in, Coach Young comes in, and it's 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 different. So very different, very different. So so I I didn't know how to react, right? Like I I thought I, I obviously I was happy for Coach because it was best for his his career and his family and whatnot. Um, but selfishly I was like, well, what about me? Like, what's this new coach gonna do? Heck, mind you, I'm scared because I know all the hard work and effort that I put in, and that's kind of like why I've been rewarded with um, playing time and whatnot. And a lot of times I've I've been mis, what is it, misconstrued as like oh is 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 it misunderstood as like oh is this little guy actually going to play or whatnot? So I was like man I, I got to prove myself to a new coach. Am I going to get playing time? Like there's a lot of things that were that I was like worried about. Um, but when Jeff Young came in, he actually like empowered us, especially from um, our our seniors to like really take hold of the team. So so luckily nothing really happened. I was disappointed. And it was a shock to the system because I was, I was learning how to how to work a certain way, and there was a whole new system coming in with a, a new coach. It was pretty tough, but at the same time, there was there was a lot of, a lot of other opportunities um, we were able to make. And one of those specifically was me being the kid that didn't know much about basketball. My parents didn't really play any real sports. I didn't know how to get recruited or go or to go anywhere. So to me, like basketball was going to end in high school for me. Like I didn't know the of the the next step. So in, in high school, I always worked hard, got straight A's and whatnot. Um, luckily, got into UCLA um, off of academics. But Jeff Young actually told me, he's like, hey, why don't you walk on? I was like, I don't even know what a walk-on is. Like, what is a walk-on? He's like, well, you get in off academically, you, you have to pay your own way, but there's opportunity. You can still be on the team and be around. And so he even put that seed in my head that that was even an opportunity. And I didn't even know that was a thing. So did you always, was it always like you wanted to go to UCLA? Were there other, you know, like other schools, like were you trying to go to Ivy League or, you know, like USC or Cal? Or is it always like, I want to go to UCLA? So the funny thing is, it was, I always wanted to be a doctor. That was my initial, my initial path. And coming from an Asian family, you know, you're either a doctor or a lawyer or uh, something like that. Um, So I was always trying to go the pre-med route and UCLA just happened to be one of the best schools um, for pre-med. And that's the reason I chose UCLA. The funny thing is, again, my parents didn't expose me to many sports in general. So I had no idea about the UCLA program as far as like the historic runs, uh, coach John Wooden, um, all that stuff. So going over to UCLA was the first time I even heard about the, their historic program. And I think unknowing or not knowing how historical, historic of a, of a school that was, helped me not be afraid to like mess up and like when I actually had a tryout. Um, I think, I think the fear of knowing like how awesome that school is could have uh, hindered my ability to play. That's so funny. Spencer, you got to be the only basketball player in UCLA <laughs> history to ever show up on oh. campus and not know who John Wooden was. <laughs> easily, easily. So, so one of the funny things I, I think I may have, I actually knew who John Wooden was because I went to some academic, like, like he spoke at some assembly thing. But I didn't connect it to him to being used to UCLA. It was just some at, at the time. It was just an, an older wise guy that had a lot of uh, inspirational quotes to me, which which sounds disrespectful. Uh, but but at the same time, like I, I didn't have the context. Um, I grew up in, in an area of Fresno that didn't have uh, cable TV like ran, so I didn't have I, I didn't watch sports. My parents didn't watch sports. I wasn't exposed to stuff like that. So the only thing I really knew was 
my uh, central central basketball. I, I I didn't know AAU circuits and teams and stuff like that. Um, so again, I think I think that not knowing helped me like not have any fear because there was nothing to lose and it was just like oh it's just a tryout it's nothing big. But I didn't realize how big it was until after I made the team. So talk about just let's just talk about the whole the walk on tryout part because I think a lot of people don't you know they don't understand the how hard it is and how many people actually go and try out did you have um did somebody make prior contact with um because it was Ben Howland at the time at UCLA correct yeah it's Ben Howland um so the interesting thing there is Jeff Young put the put the seed in my head that I could I could try out be still play basketball in college at UCLA potentially and um he actually connected me with like the head of um basketball ops um so during like one of my orientation programs i like jumped in scheduled a meeting with this basketball ops guy said hey i want to be a manager so i could put my foot in the door to try and walk on in the the future and he was like oh if you want to walk on we have trials coming up i was like okay cool well i don't know if he just just overlooked me saw the size like i'm not even giving this kid a time of day he didn't let me know about the tryouts and I actually missed it my first year, my freshman year. And I was walking past the same guy that I talked to. And I was like, hey, I haven't heard anything. When, when are tryouts? And his face dropped. He's like, hey, I'm so sorry. Tryouts were last week. Um, I apologize. And he just kept walking. And I was like, dang, like, like I didn't even get a chance. Like that, That's all I wanted was a chance to play, right? So my first year, I was your typical Asian UCLA student <laughs> just trying to do pre-med. Um, and mind you, it was very difficult for me because coming from a straight A's um, athlete, have a have a good good community with with me in Fresno. Um, to I'm the only person out here trying to figure figure my way out. Like I wasn't, and struggling with like school, it was tough. Um, so it was it was a rough first year for me. Um, and I I don't want to say I've slipped into a depression, but like I didn't have hoops. I, I didn't have like a purpose. I didn't have anything but schoolwork. Um, so I didn't play ball for like eight months and just just did all my schoolwork. Then I decided, you know what, I'm gonna give it one more shot. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have a tryout. And what I ended up doing is I went to the same guy that overlooked me every single day for the last two months of school, just shook his hand and walked out. Um I bugged him so much that he ended up saying like I will let you know when there's a tryout. <laughs> stop coming stop coming in. And um so, so that was like the end of like that school year. That summer, I actually worked out. Um, I spoke to Anderson, and he connected me with Jesus. I'm blanking. Coach Ed Maddock at Fresno City. Um, so Ed uh, Maddock let me work out with him and his team over the summer, the whole summer. So I was doing two a days um, from weights in the morning, go play hoops with them at their like open gym at from three to five, go go lift again. So I was doing that all summer, just getting ready for this quote unquote tryout that I didn't know if or when was going to happen. So you were lifting with like Maddox, like doing his weight regiment and everything with his team. Yep. Um, I got in when I, where, where I could with them, um, more so with the, with the actual hoops part, um, okay. the, the open gyms and whatnot. And then I was also working out like the local, like what ballets at the time or something like that. Yeah. Um, I, I was just trying to put on as much weight as I could. Cause again, five, eight, I think I was one fifty at the time. I put on uh, 15 pounds over that summer just, just so I could bang a little bit um, at the tryout. Um, so the net, that, that season goes by, work out with uh, Maddox and his team. 
Matic is calling um, that same guy that I was talking to. I guess he had some sort of relationship with him. Hey, give him a chance, give him a chance, give him a chance. So finally he just, the guy caved and was like, okay, um, he's going to get his chance. We'll, we'll make sure, we'll make sure he gets seen. So that's, I was, I was um, told when the tryouts were, I finally had it scheduled. I was good. That was the biggest part was just, just being seen to, to have them tell me no. Right. Um, in the tryout, it was like a 6 a.m. tryout because they wanted to weed out some of the bad people. Mind you, with Amazon days, we had 6 a.m. workouts, so that was <laughs> nothing to me. Um, and I killed it. There was there was 115 people mm-hmm. trying out. And mind you, you only have like an hour to try out. So like they, they put you through some drills, they, they do some stuff, and they cut, cut it down real quick. Luckily, I made it I, – I stood out enough to where – they called me back to do a, a, an in-person tryout with the team. And that's when they had five other potential walk-ons come out to work out. And we're working out with, and, and since this is my second year, it just happens to be the same year. It's Kevin Love's first year. So I'm working out with Russell Westbrook, Darren Collison, Kevin Love. Mind you, I don't know who any of these guys are. I'm like, <laughs> okay, it's just the UCLA team. I knew, I knew after that first year, um, they went to the final four yeah. and they played against, or they lost to uh, Florida. Um, so, so I, I knew, I knew it was a good team, but I don't know who these guys are. Um, and I think again, just not knowing that and being a man on defense and just the work ethic, it really showed. And, and I ended up getting, getting the take. So who, who, who's the ops guy? We gotta get the name <laughs> of this person. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. So he's, he's a good friend now. He's a good friend now. His <laughs> name is Doug, Doug Erickson. Okay. Is he Doug still, Erickson. is he so, still, where's he coaching at now? No, so he is he is still the, the I believe he's the director of basketball at UCLA. I think he's oh, wow. been there for twenty five years or something like that. So he's 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 a seasoned vet. Um it's funny, after after everything was said and done, I, I jokingly told him, um, Hey Doug, man, you kinda you kinda screwed me over my first year. <laughs> and he just smiled, he said, Yes, I did. <laughs> he's like, But it but it all worked out, right, Spence? And and it did. And he'll he'll come back into the story in my basketball career. A little bit later, but uh, yeah, that's Doug Doug Erickson from UCLA. That's awesome. So okay, so you have you go from 115 people, yep, to five to five. But to how five. many how many actual were all five of those walk-ons on part of the team or? No, no, no. So they ended up picking two of us. Um, and mind you, I didn't know what a walk-on did or what what we were. Right at the end of the day, they weren't looking for someone to hit the game-winning shot. Yeah. They were looking for someone to push other people. Um, fill out the roster and maintain that GPA. They never said it. I'll, I'll give them credit on that. They never said they need to maintain the GPA, but I knew what was up, and I was okay with it. <laughs> so, like I was thinking about that year, like there's Aaron Afalos on that team, right? You guys, they end up winning uh, the West Region in Phoenix. They go to the Final Four, end up right in the national championship game. They lose to right? Did they lose? Is that the year they lost in the national championship game? Nope. So, so Aflalo was the year before me. Oh, okay. Uh, so that, that was, that was Farmar and, uh, um, Aflalo. Okay. My year, we ended up losing to Memphis in the final four. Okay. okay. With Derek Rose. Oh yes, 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 yes. And CDR yeah, yeah. and all them. Yep. Yep. So it was, it was a good, it was a good matchup. Um, that was the same year that it was UNC with like Tyler Hansborough and, um, Kansas had like Mario Chalmers. Yeah. That's the, uh, Infamous Memphis missing free throws and Chalmers hitting mm. the mm-hmm. shot to send to overtime. Yeah. So what is that like? So now all of a sudden you're on the team, right? You know it's just I'm here 
they never said it, but you're like, all right, I got to push these guys, right? You're going against Darren Collison, right? Russell Westbrook. You have all these guys. What is that like every day knowing that, all right, I got to bring it every single day. Like there's no let up and so, knowing that so you're not going to get, you know, you, you might not even ever play in a game. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So, so the, the thing there, like, I, I think I just had my expectations already set. Like, this is what I'm here for. Um, like I said, I'll, I always knew how to go 130%, no other, no other speed, which is sometimes a blessing and a curse. Um, but they knew what they were getting for that. So like a lot of the practices and drills, I literally, that, that was my job. I just had to play defense on the, the drills that we were running. So like even as simple as close out base, uh, baseline drives, I'm closing out every single play, every single player, every single time. And I, I was exhausted, man. It was, it was tiring, <laughs> but, but it was something about like, this is what I'm here. This is an opportunity. Um, not only to be like playing for UCLA, like I'm, I never took it for granted and I busted my ass every single day. Um, the good thing is, is that the times that I would even go in for to play against these guys, and especially like scrimmage times, mind you, I'm fresh. I'm off. I'm off the side, like because because I'm not getting as many reps um, for scrimmages and whatnot. So they'll pull me into like like uh, I'm I'm playing against a tired uh, Russell Westbrook. I'm playing against a tired Darren Collison, and just knowing that I was able to push them and stay in front was was everything I needed to know. Like I I knew I belonged as far as that. Granted, could no way keep up with them now. But at that time, I was I was fast enough uh, to stay in front. And that's hey, all I can say. We're gonna say Spence that you could keep up front now because we don't actually know. You know, like you never know. Like you can't. You true. Can't. <laughs> true. Very true. Now with Russ, I'll I'll say I can't. I'll say I can't. He's he's turned it on to another level. Um, but it's it's been great seeing him blossom in NBA. So, first of all, like you, Russell Westbrook is, you know, one of the most athletic people to ever play in the NBA. Um, just absolute just blur on the court but what is that like running liners against them it's great it's great so one of the things is there is because i always pushed it i would always try and win no matter what and these guys were trying to beat me because the, the walk the little 5a asian walk-on is beating them in these liners the coaches are calling them out on it <laughs> they i i will admit i have lost sometimes like very few, maybe maybe less than ten, but for the most part, it, I really push these guys in practice. Um, granted, it's a pride thing for me. It wasn't like, hey, Spence, don't if you lose lose to these guys, you're gonna whatever. But what what else was I doing? I was playing defense. I was doing the little things, and and I was anytime it was liners, I was I was I was pushing these guys. They weren't gonna beat me. Um, but again, I will admit they did a lot more work in practice, so I was a fresh fresh leg uh, running running these liners. So I'll give them some credit. But at that point, that I mean, that's part of your role too, is just being that guy that the coaches can be like, "Come on, you guys got to beat this guy." Yep, yep. And then there, there was even time. So, um, what's it called? Randall from Cal. He was a smaller guard, so I would play like part of their dummy, uh, not the dummy, dummy D, but like their practice. They had to guard me. I had like um, unlimited range, so if any time I could get a shot off, <laughs> it would count as automatic three. So it didn't matter if I made it or not, just whether I got the shot off. So it was some fun like scenarios that we could do like that. That has to be exciting right there. Yeah. Yeah. Give me the green light, coach. <laughs> <laughs> so what is that like though, like just confidence wise, when you, you know, like when you do guard them and you get stops or when you have those scenarios where you're, you know, you're being like on the practice squad, being the the uh 
you're uh what, what am i trying to say the um you're trying to rep you're trying to model your game as like one of the scout players right and yeah. right you are getting like you know because there's times i imagine you have the green light you're 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 catching a heater right like you're hitting yeah. shots and what is that feeling like it's amazing honestly so so the biggest thing there is like i i know who i'm playing against by this time right like by as, as the season's going down um the swag is definitely going up especially when i'm catching catching uh uh heat heat streak but the but the thing that really changed it for me was the way the the confidence carried over to other games so what, what i mean by that is i would still play pickup games in our rec center um and that confidence would transfer over to that. Um, so knowing knowing I could stop or stay in front or, or knock down shots against these guys at this such high level, like no one could stop me at the at the rec, rec league, which which sounds, mind you, it sounds like, oh, what, so what? But I got everyone's best defensive player every time I stepped on the court because I was the walk-on, right? Yeah. Like I was living the next guy's dream that's in there because – it's it's the rec center. Like everyone wanted that chance. There was a hundred hundred other guys that wanted that chance. Um, I just happened. I, I lucked out. Honestly, it was it, it, the, the cards fell fell for me that day. They saw they saw some stuff something that that no they didn't see in anyone else. But it was it was the confidence really transferred over my game to any other aspect of basketball that I played outside of outside of UCLA. So honestly, I think I think I improved so much better. Even though I didn't play as much obviously time or in practice. I think my game tripled as far as like um, efficiency from high school. Well, yeah, just talking about like you were talking about like just a rec center. Like you have guys who probably in their minds are like, oh, if I, you know, like if I if I can show that I'm better than this guy, like even if I don't want to try out that, you know, I I would have been on the UCLA team. Like that whole like I can I, tell myself mentally I would have been on the UCLA 100%. basketball team. And so what? But definitely that, go ahead. Sorry. They they definitely had that that mentality and I kind of liked that like because because I would get I would get all the the trash talk and whatnot and as long as I could back it up it was all good. But what is that like going knowing that all right being on campus now you are part of the UCLA men's basketball team and just going around campus and people knowing that oh yeah that guy's on the UCLA basketball team and it's you know like it's UCLA men's basketball team big deal when they're going to the final four and what is that like? So it was a trip because I mentioned my first year, I was just another, another student um, trying to make, trying to find his place in uh, pre-med at UCLA, which is a very competitive space. Um, a lot of opportunities opened up just, just by being on the team. Um, I, I remember my, my freshman year, I tried to walk into a, a frat party. One of my friends like tried to get, get me to come in. And, they, and the bouncer wouldn't let me in. They're like, nah, you can't come in. Like, and mind you, I'm, I've I've been to parties before, as like in high school, and it was it was never had this issue. But it was a kind of like a slap in the face. Like, dang, I'm not I'm not cool enough to to go into this party. And then the next year with like the UCLA stuff, just walk right in. Like, it was it was a different thing. But I it, it almost I was almost like offended. Like, I'm not good enough as a as a student, but just because I'm on the UCLA team, I, I get more love now. Like. There was there was a girl that um, asked for a hug because I was on the team, and it was the weirdest thing I've ever ever seen. I was like, yeah, this is different here. That is crazy. That is crazy. It's funny. All of a sudden, it just says you see. All it says is just men's basketball, and everything changes. So many more doors open up. Yep. Um, even from 
what's it called? Obviously the social side of it, but even from like education and like resources that we could use. Like I had priority enrollment, uh, free tutoring, um, extra stuff like that, that I, I really took advantage of. No. Yeah. Just what is it like? I imagine like, even like you said, you have opportunity to, you know, register for your classes first and all the options for tutoring, but like, even I imagine like professors are probably talking to you differently because you are on the UCLA men's basketball team. hundred percent, hundred percent. So especially the ones with, with fans, um, sp- specifically not a, not a professor. One of my mentors actually was a UCLA alumni. Um, and there was like a career fair. Um, and he was talking about his job. He, I think he was like the VP of, um, Fox digital at the time. And I'm just around him with like 10 other people listening to him talk or, or, talk about his his position and he recognizes me and all of a sudden none of the 10 people exist anymore he's just talking to me about basketball and ben howland and what's it like playing against westbrook and da 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 da. and we struck up this like friendship where he he became my mentor from then um mind you it was like a weird weird experience because like there's all these other people he's already talking to and just because i was on the team he wanted to, uh, to know um a little bit more about like my story and he focused on me right in front of everyone else. So I felt a little weird in that sense, but at the same time, like I took advantage of that opportunity and he's still a close uh, mentor to me today. So you're meeting all these, right? All these different people, all these different connections is, and are you still in your head? Like, Hey, I'm going pre-med. I want to be a doctor. Is that still the mindset at this time? At this time, I just know I want to graduate and I don't know what I want to do in life. Um, that's one of the, the craziest parts about it is like, I was just enjoying one day at a time. Um, and where this comes back around to Doug Erickson is he ended up telling me, like we, we had like a, uh, after weight room session, he, he gets in on some of the workouts and he was, he was like, Spence, what are you going to do after college? I said, I don't know, get a job, maybe do something else. I, I don't know what, what I want to do yet. Um, mind you, once I, once I made the basketball team, I did switch from pre-med. So I, I need to st- state that. I switched to business econ and sociology because I couldn't keep up with the rigorous coursework. And I, I didn't know if I wanted to be a doctor anymore just for how much um, studying there was, there was involved with that. Um, but Doug Erickson ended up saying, look, you could spend the rest of your life working. What you should do is just travel and go explore. And it really stuck with me in the sense that you, I, once I graduate from UCLA, I'll always have the degree and I could always go back and use those connections to work somewhere, but I don't have the freedom and the ability to just up and travel. No kids, no house, no nothing. Right. Um, so he, he kind of like put it in my head to go just travel. And that's essentially what I did. That's awesome. So talk about some of the famous, they always talk about the famous, like in the summer times after the season, those famous UCLA runs and health, like, you know, NBA players come work out there. Just talk about some of the people, just talk about some of those runs. Okay. So, so a lot of those runs started way back with like magic Johnson days. Um, and there's not a lot of prime, prime real estate for indoor basketball in LA. Like it's hard to get, get access and whatnot. So they, they would actually use UCLA because it's really close to like Beverly Hills and like the nicer areas. Um, so they would use the men's gym, which is the, Uh, auxiliary gym for uh, NBA runs. And this is where you would have like some of the top NBA players come, but also mix in our, our teams, our UCLA guys. Um, So pretty much it was just open gyms, uh, winner's court, loser's court, 
um, and you get some pretty epic people in there. I mean, obviously for me, my, my, my most favorite run was with, uh, Kobe. Um, and that was a pretty cool, pretty cool experience, but anyone from Baron Davis, Kevin Garnett, um, who else, who else was some of my, my favorites? Obviously LeBron and them, um, will be coming in every, every once in a while. Wait, but it's it's just amazing just just to be exposed to that. Hold up, we we can't move on totally. We gotta we gotta get a Kobe story out of this. The Kobe story. Let's see which one. <laughs> oh. oh, we got multiple Kobe stories. I can't. I actually can't talk on the Kobe story. <laughs> oh. I can't talk on the Kobe story. It's a, it's a, it's a fun one. I might I might have to hit you up on that on the side on that one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So okay, so you have all these people coming in and just like you, you're playing with them. Is like, do you ever like? Obviously, you know who these people are. Is there ever like, like a fan, like fanboy, like, oh my goodness, or is it just like, hey, we're on the court, we're inside the lines, I'm just gonna compete and I'm just trying to win this game, stay on the winners' court. Nope it's 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 always it's always just just what you said later. Just it's it's basketball, right? At this time, it's it's nothing about the the fandom. And again, I didn't like aside from Kobe. And Iverson, I didn't really have like a big um, exposure to basketball from a from, from even like a TV sense. I only saw playoff games because because again it wasn't they weren't airing all the time. Um, so I didn't really have that that like fandom around it surrounding it. So to me it was just like oh this this random guy. Obviously Kobe and some other the, the bigger names was something else. But um, yeah, there there was always just hoops. As soon as you step in the lines, it's just it's just basketball, right? Um, yeah, that was that was the biggest the biggest one. Um, the my my favorite story. So I I'm five eight and can dunk at the time. Um, and I got a breakaway and I was about to just lay it up, and Russ just yells out, "Dunk it!" And so I just got hyped just because he he uh, <laughs> he told me like, "Oh yeah." So I ended up going up and someone cut underneath me. Luckily, he didn't take my legs out and I ended up dunking it. And it was it, it wasn't a NBA player. It was another it was another walk on. Um, not going to name him. And he ended up getting dunked on essentially because Russ told me to. So mind you, I could dunk, but I've never dunked in a game. Right. So I've only done windmills and stuff like on the side playing around in practice, but this is the first time, um, I even tried in a game and it ended up being on someone because Russ yelled out dunking. <laughs> I imagine that place just absolutely erupted. Yep. Yep. Um, who was it? Baron Davis went crazy. Like he was hype, he was my number one hype man that day. <laughs> so then I imagine like after runs, I imagine these people are like, what other dunks can you do? Oh, hundred percent. That's that's the times that's the time when I would I would just try everything. Um I and and obviously my the swag goes up and I'll I'll try and do some crazy, crazy stuff. Um pr- pretty much the windmill is my my biggest best one probably. Uh, but I've always been able to palm the basketball too, so I could do some some interesting uh, two foot, two foot, um, jumping dunks. I'll have to send, send you the links. <laughs> yes. We want to see it. Can you, uh, can you still do it today? Um, you put some money on the line. I can't, got to stress, got to stretch a little bit. Um, but yeah, I can still dunk. It's just, it's just hurts coming down. The going up's easy. It's the, it's the landing. It's the other, it's the hard part. So there's a famous, I remember seeing when you were at UCLA, like you used to like go and like kick the net. So it was actually the backboard. Sorry to okay. correct you on that. My bad. No, yeah, that's even. Um, we going back to the Taekwondo yeah, so, days here, or what? 
Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so honestly, I, I attribute a lot of my athleticism to my Taekwondo days. As far as stretching, I was always very flexible. I was able to avoid injuries, and I just think being able to jump that way um, through, like, kicking and stuff. And uh, one day, like, I started with the net, just playing around kicking that, and then it worked its way up to the backboard. Um, never kicked higher than that, personally. But I've been seeing some pretty cool dunks, dunkers lately kicking the rim and then dunking afterwards or something like that. It's pretty cool. So you might have... Were you the one who started? You might have been the one who started that. Got that? I want to say I want to say I, want to say I started it. Um, there, there was actually a guy named Kador Z, uh, Zidani. He, he's basically a professional dunker before like Instagram and stuff. He he was all over YouTube. He would actually put a basketball in the rim, like like wedge it, and then he would kick the basketball out. Oh my goodness! Wow. Kador Ziani, that's his that's his name. He was he was like the pro dunker before pro dunkers. If that makes any sense. Yeah. So we talked about some of the famous NBA players you played with. What about like any like actors or celebrities? Have you played with any of those oh. people? So that that's that's a real fun thing. Um, our my first year because of just being on the basketball team. Adam Sandler is actually a big fan of basketball and playing. Like you see him today on like Instagram runs and stuff. He's he's still hooping. Um, but he invited us to his house. Uh, to play hoops at his house, and he would, and the the way that came about, he wanted to play shoot around with the team in one of the one of the games uh, after the games. One, mind you, this is when Adam Sandler's like, what, twelve, fourteen years ago. Like, like he already made all of his big big time movies, and he was super active still. So it was it was a big deal, especially for me um, coming from Fresno and just see, seeing him hooping and like being at his house. It was, it was really cool. So did we dunk on Adam Sandler or no? <laughs> Nah, nah, we, we dunked in front of Adam Sandler. We definitely, we, we definitely jumped jumped out the gym on that one, but uh, did not dunk on him. Um, no, but he could play. I mean, make, makes the right reads, makes the right passes, can shoot. Um, obviously, not as athletic as as, or he's as athletic as you think he is. <laughs> he plays uh, a lot though. He still plays a lot today. Yeah, he does. He does. Um, Baggiest shorts so in the gym actually, everywhere he goes. It's the same fit. He hasn't grown up. Um, <laughs> he he would actually bring his team um, to the UCLA Rec Center a lot too. So, um, who was it? It's the, the quarterback from uh, the Water Boy, Dante, or no? Yeah. He he would show he would show up with his with his like buddies from the movies, and I think that was the cooler part because like uh, obviously you've seen the Water Boy, you've seen some yeah. other movies like that. Um, but just being in LA and everyone that hoops and that's in LA, you'll, you'll end up crossing them at some point, not on the court, but just in general. Um, the funny one was little Romeo or Romeo, whoever you want to call it. Masterpiece kid. Yeah. Cause he was at, he, U, he was at USC. Yeah, he was. Um, but I ended up playing against him my freshman year. So both of us weren't even on the, on, on the teams yet. Okay. Um, but he, he was nice. He, he's always been able to go. Um, I, I the funniest one was I was, I just walked in the rec center I was like, yo, those dudes look like B2K. And it was B2K. <laughs> and my, mind you, yeah, this is 2006. And so, like, I, I had some, like, girlfriends that, like, loved B2K or whatever. So I was, like, texting them, like, yo, your dudes are here. But they were little. Like, I thought I was little. Speaking of hanging around the, the UCLA team so much, everyone's 6'4", 6'5", 6'8", 6'10", you name it, right? Well, when I start hanging around with like someone that's like six foot or six one, I'm looking at them like, man, you little, <laughs> but just not realizing how tall I really am. So 
That was a, that was a funny uh, little man's complex. You're still looking up to them, but they're little. <laughs> exactly, man. You little. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the neck isn't straining as much. Nah, exactly. Exactly. So let's talk about your first time like getting in a game at UCLA. What is that like? That is one of the coolest experiences that I'll never forget. Um, nervous as heck. Um, mind you, it's it's garbage minutes, so 20 up, 20 down. Um, I, I like to tell people uh, we've won 100% of the games I've played in. That's, <laughs> That's unbelievable. Not many, people, not many people. <laughs> not many people can say that. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Um, my, mine was a storybook uh, first game. Um, got in. Um, mind you, I'm a fan favorite favorite at UCLA with uh, just just being a walk on. Like everyone shows, loves to love to the walk ons. Um, I get in, ain't really doing much. Just like again, it's garbage minutes. It's a minute and a half. Uh, one of my close friends, uh, Mustafa, actually looked someone off, passed me to the ball at the top of the key, and I essentially hit a a three buzzer beater, and it went in. Nice. Um, that was that was my first my first game. So. I was uh, one for one from the field uh, for for that year. Put you in the record books, hundred percent three hey, point man. shooter. Hundred percent three point shooter. It sucked though because uh, my next year I, got, I had another opportunity for a three and like I hesitated because um, I didn't want to lose that hundred percent. <laughs> <laughs> and I bricked the thing. Yeah. So what is it? So you're playing at UCLA, but you also talked about Quincy and right. Quincy's playing at Washington. What is that like when you guys, you know, two kids that grew up together and now you guys are playing, you know, now you guys are playing, both playing in the Pac-12. That was super cool. So anytime, um, anytime he came, he came, we obviously hung out a little bit. Um, Also the Lopez twins, they were playing at Stanford Stanford, and I was at UCLA. Um, But just from a Quincy standpoint, like, mind you, I've known him since uh, first grade. Uh, so we go way back. So just, just to know that kind of like he started me on my basketball path um, and we could actually share some of those moments in college. It was, it was really cool. The, the craziest thing is we are undefeated against Quincy at UCLA, but we have never beat Quincy at UW. So, so there's, a, there's a rubber band match that needs to be had. Oh, okay. I like that. I like that. So, Spence, I want to go back just a little bit here. You um you mentioned the year you had at, at UCLA before you were on the team and how without hoops it was a bit of a struggle. You were just trying to find your way, trying to find your place, right? Yeah. So, how did that uh, from a mental aspect and how it did how did that change once you're actually on the team, right? You had hoops back, you know, was did was that indeed the missing piece that just uh, that like fit in there? Hundred percent, hundred percent. So I mean, in in high school, hoops took up so much of of my time. Like obviously, high like high school classes and whatnot. But I was in the gym at six a.m. every day, leaving every day at like seven or eight um, from from like after school, right? So like it, w- it was such a big chunk of my life. Um, I had purpose. I had. What, what do you do? Oh, I'm a student, but I'm a basketball player for Central. Or, like, basketball was so ingrained into my identity, I didn't realize that until I didn't have it anymore, right? Um, then people were asking me, oh, what do you do? I was like, oh, I'm a UCLA student. That's cool. But, like, I, I just missed having um, a schedule, a purpose. Um, I, I loved basketball so much, and I, I guess I just didn't realize how much I missed it. And, honestly, if I didn't make it at UCLA at that time, I may have transferred – 
gone and played, gone to somewhere where I could have played um, or been a part of the team. Like, not only did I miss the basketball aspect, but I missed the uh, the relationships I built, like with with friends and whatnot. Like, it's it was such a big part of like my life that I need I needed that. Um, I'm not I'm not sure if I would have stayed at UCLA if I didn't make the team that year. Easy. And 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 that's not to say it's just because it was UCLA. I'm saying it was basketball. That was that was definitely a missing a missing piece. So yeah, definitely just being you know yeah being part of the team and just you know having like you said those relationships and just like the structure of, all right, this is my schedule for the day and what I got to get done and putting priorities first. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. And I, I think a big, a big part of it was like the relationships easily. Um, obviously you, you always want to build meaningful relationships. And I mean, the people, all the people in my wedding, I played basketball with, um, like that was, that was part of like my, my groomsmen, right? Like a couple from UCLA, couple from central, um, so it was meaningful, like like to have those relationships, and it wouldn't have been there without without hoops. So you're coming your your career at UCLA is coming to an end, right? So you're coming to an end. You're about to graduate. Um, your playing career is over. What is it like? What? And I know you were talking about you talked about the ops, the basketball ops guy talking about you know travel the world. So what at this time like are you? Are you thinking about like, oh, I can go play professionally overseas or are you just constantly just, are you more focused on just, I'm just going to travel the world? Yeah. So, so the, the whole goal was to play. Um, so when, when my basketball ops guy, Erickson told me to go travel, he was meaning like, if you have the opportunity to, to definitely take it. So travel the world, if basketball is involved, that's great. If not, like that is what it is. So I was actually trying to use basketball as a means to travel. Um, I was trying to get looks at like in the Philippines, some little like minor like Asian leagues. Um, at the time, there was a new league starting up called the Asian Basketball League. It spells A S E A N. It stands for like uh, Southeast Asia Basketball League. So Thailand, um, Malaysia, Singapore, um, Cambodia, like they had a new basketball league starting up. And because my dad was actually born in Malaysia, I was trying to get go play for the Malaysia get citizenship, play for that team. Um, so that was, I was trying to work work around through that. But at the time, they didn't allow since, – since the league was so new, they didn't have like an import uh, – well, they had an import rule. You can only have one non-Southeast Asian player per team. But they didn't have like what's called a um, – what is it called? Import rule with with like ties that, that already had had ties to the, to the country. So unfortunately, Malaysia actually had a – doesn't have offered dual citizenship. So they, they said, Hey, we'd love to have you, but you have to renounce your U S citizenship. And when I told my dad that he kind of got a little upset cause he, he moved to America to provide, provide a different life for me. So did you, did you do that or did you? Yeah. So, so what ended up happening, they, they didn't No, I did not do that. Okay. So okay. I was like, I was like, hold on. I was like, hold on. Did you, <laughs> I was like, no, 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 sorry, you, sorry, yeah. sorry to leave you hanging. Um, so, so that was the opportunity, and I was just trying to work with them to figure out what, what, what could happen, or like, let's, let's figure something else out. Is there other rules coming up? What's going on? Um, and nothing came about of it. So I was like, okay, you know what? I'm gonna buy a one-way ticket to Southeast Asia, um, explore a little bit. I have family in Malaysia where I can go visit and use them as like a hub to kind of like island hop or just move around a little bit while I figure out what else I want to do. Um, 
so I did that. Bought a one-way ticket, was traveling around, and an opportunity came up through a friend of a friend that knew someone that, that played in a semi-pro league in Australia, um, in Melbourne. Um, and the opportunity was low pay. Um, everyone that, that works at the semi-pro already has their own job. Like like a full time job, so so it was almost like a men's rec. I, no, no, that's that's diminishing it. Um, it was it was a semi pro league where people were paid, but you, it wasn't a full time job. It wasn't enough to to cover all that stuff. So what it was able to do though was it was able to give me a visa to go to Australia and to, to pay me enough to work or to live in Australia um, while playing basketball. And that was my main goal was to travel and hoop. And it, it presented itself, and I took that opportunity. And probably, so I, I lived in uh, Melbourne for about six months. And also, probably enough too, like because a lot of times going overseas, they want film, right? Like other countries want film, and you have enough stuff to you know put on film, yeah. and also lets countries know that like, you're willing to move, you're willing to travel. Because a lot of times, Americans aren't willing to go to all these different countries. Yeah, hundred um, percent. Speaking of film, like what what was I going to show him? The the, the three pointer I made with the last second <laughs> shot. And the, that's it. Um, but but what I ended up doing, I ended up we, we filmed all of our practice sessions, and I worked with our video editing team, and I pretty much made my own little like highlight from practice, and that's kind of what what was able to sell sell me over there. That's awesome. So I had to imagine a lot of people were probably amazed when they see your Duncan at five eight and. Yeah, it's easy. It's an easy, uh, easy sell, right? Like, uh, hey, look at this. You could have this on your team. Huh? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. It was cool though. Um, met met some great guys. Um, I ended up leaving early of the season on that one. Um, I had an opportunity to go play for Malaysia, um, but they ended up uh, kind of doing some shady things, and were trying was trying to get me to renounce again. So, I played half a season in Australia, went back to Malaysia. Figured out it wasn't it wasn't a legit deal, and that was that was that was a wrap. Went back to the states, so I was out. I was traveling from January to June. Still amazing though, the, all the things that you were able to see in that short period of time while playing basketball. Yep. you know, 100, just one hundred percent thinking about you know where you came from from Fresno, you know, not even knowing about basketball, playing basketball, and then all of a sudden you're traveling the world because of this game. Yep. 100%. Um, but it didn't stop there. Um, that year I got back, um, that summer, Quincy asked me to work him out um, during the summer as he was going into his second year into the NBA. Um, so in exchange for uh, a place to stay and food, I, I would work him out uh, three times a day, um, do whatever the workouts he needed to do for, for that summer. And that summer just happened to be the lockout year. Um, and then the lockout ended, he was ended up trading to Memphis, uh, to the Memphis Grizzlies. And he asked me to move with him there to, to continue, um, the training sessions and whatnot. Um, I told him I wanted to start working on like a career, but he said, use him as a platform to get where I need to go next. And that's exactly what I did. Um, I ended up getting a corporate sponsorship internship at the Memphis Grizzlies through Quincy. So I was working him out doing some things for him, like um, kind of like player management, if you want to call it. And then I was also working for the Grizzlies. Oh, that's cool. What were you doing for the with the Grizzlies? So I was, I was in uh, corporate sponsorships as an intern. 
but I was also working Quincy out um, and around all the players then uh, for like workouts and shoot arounds and all that other extra stuff. Um, but for the most part, it was corporate sponsorships. And then after two years doing that, I ended up taking over their uh, social media team. Um, or I was their first social media person there. Oh, nice. That's awesome. So that's, that's how, that's how I ended up with the, the Grizzlies. That and is, again, all through basketball. Yeah. That's awesome. That's when they had, you know, they had big Zebo and Mark Gasol and Conley and Tony Allen, right? Exactly. So it was the, uh, uh, grit and grind days. So you spend two years in corporate sponsorships, you know, I imagine it's more of a desk job, office job. Are you the only one in around there that has like contact to the players? Yeah, at the time, um, for for the most part, like corporate sponsorships, you would have some some sort of contact, but you'd always have the contact. Like there was a there was a there was a middleman somewhere, right? You never had direct contact, and that's kind of why they ended, the the position to run from corporate sponsorships to running the social media account accounts for the Grizzlies worked perfectly because I had that kind of like relationship built with the players um, and like that inside track to like. At the time, the social media was still a newer, a newer concept, um, and teams were wary about having like a someone shadow them at all times, right? But they felt comfortable with me. They they trusted me, knowing that I wasn't going to post anything that they didn't want to be posted about. <laughs> so, did you ever play any like pickup games with them? Or? Yeah, 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 a lot. Um, mostly with like the smaller guys, Mike Conley, um, Rudy Gay. Um, Rudy Gay's not that small, though. No, 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 no. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. You're right. But, but me and Mike, me and Mike. Um, who else was, would always get in on? So you yeah, were for the most part because I was gonna say you weren't banging in the post with Zebo then, right? Hey, bro. <laughs> Yo, Z- Zebo's amazing, man. Like, okay, so he he's the only guy. I put him through a workout at UCLA one of the years, and I'm telling you, he missed. 15, 15 bank shots in a row hidden in the same spot. And I'm looking at Q as like, and I, and I think Zebo just came off like a, uh, what was it? He just came off like the great playoff run. I'm looking at Q as like, this is the same guy like that, that does all this stuff. And Q was like, look, just, just watch, just watch. So he, he misses these, these first 15 in a row. And I'm like, okay, this, this guy's not as good as I thought he is. He gets in in this like pickup game, one of the pickup games at UCLA, and he hits nine in a row of the same shot. Baseline, two jabs, slow jabs, fadeaway, bank shot in. So so I talked to Q about it later. Like, you know how like how can you be that terrible of a workout? Like like he's like some people just turn on on the lights, and Zebo's one of those guys. Um, he'll 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 admittedly go through the motions on on the workout. But when it's game time, he shows up and he just kills it. Dang, that's awesome. That's awesome. So I have a question. Were you ever, like, because at being at 5'8", you could dunk. A lot of people, right, that's something that is not very common. So did you ever do any dunk contests? I did not actually do an official dunk contest. So I, th- there's a highlight reel of me doing a dunk contest. So it's just like me dunking from uh, Fox Sports. They were, I was trying to get them to, to do like a quick feature on me so I could get in the college um, The college NCAA one at the end of the year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I knew like if they gave me a chance, um, I'd have a good chance of winning it. Just just from the height, the, the, the story, right? Like, yeah. If, if I'm out there doing this dunks, whatever. 
Uh, unfortunately, that opportunity never presented itself. Uh, but I was definitely going to do a backflip and then go try and dunk um, <laughs> at the time. I, I, I think I would I would have got it. Um, but no, no, no official, no official like uh, dunk contest other than that. Okay. So after working with the Grizzlies, what happened? What What's your next adventure? Next adventure. So I, I ended up work, I'm now working for um, Ubiquity, Ubiquity Inc., which is a um, networking IT uh, company. Nice. So we, we deal with like Wi-Fi um, hardware and um, switches and whatnot. So home, home Wi-Fi businesses, small businesses, you name it. So how much do you sell a hoop? So I'm actually in a uh, men's league at Beverly Hills High, and a funny, a funny thing is here is uh, the game is in my is in my uh, is in my league. That's funny. Like, like the yeah, the game. Yeah. Um, so is it pretty much his Drew League? Is it his Drew League team that plays in that? No, nah, I, oh. I don't know if it's the same Drew League team. Okay. Um, but th- th- this was just the Beverly Hills High thing. Uh, there's a lot of like old older D1, D2 um, college college hoopers pretty competitive um still like average heights probably like six six so it's fun um so that's only monday nights it's i'm trying to be around it as much as possible but i do miss uh having like access that that was the best thing with with being around sports or uh, ucla and the grizzlies was just having access to a court anytime that's awesome yeah excuse me um man spence love the love the stories dude i i can't even imagine just the uh the amount of people that you've been around and you know you're just talking about your ucla teams those those rosters were absolutely stacked yeah they were yeah i i've definitely been fortunate never take never take my my path for granted um i i i had a series of of uh, good luck streaks for sure that's definitely your hard work. It's not. <laughs> it's it's a mix of both, right? Yeah. Like uh, preparation meets opportunity. Yeah. I well, think I I I think that's it. But there's there's always a little bit of luck in there too somewhere. I agree. Yeah. But yeah. But no. Yeah. Just I've I've I remember watching you play and in, in high school and it was fun to follow your journey. But just yeah, just your work ethic and you were also just an absolute blur on the court. I appreciate that. Man. I appreciate that. <laughs> Awesome. Well, dude, Spence, we uh we can't thank you enough for taking the time to to just sit down and tell some stories with us. So we appreciate it, man. No, it was, it was my pleasure. Um, I it's it's funny to um actually have a chance to, for me to look back and and reminisce on some of the some of the stories. But um, I'm I'm glad glad you guys took the, took the time to talk to me. It was you, fun. You still talk to any of the uh you know like Kevin Loves or Russell Westbrooks or any of those guys? Not as much. I mean, they're 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 at a whole other tier of, <laughs> of, of stardom. Yeah. Um, whenever they would come through uh, Memphis, we'd always say what's up, and it's it's always funny because I'll catch them off guard because I'll <laughs> I'll talk some trash basically from like some UCLA days, and then I they're 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 not expecting to see little Spence just saying what's up to them at a, in Memphis out of all places, right? <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's good. Awesome. Well, we're uh, we're gonna let you go here, but uh, just once again, thank you, man. So much fun. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. You guys have a good one. You, you too. too. Thank you, Spencer. All right. Cheers. Cheers. 
You've been listening to the Off the Bench Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod Off the Bench.